Hello and welcome to Sprovcast, the English language Sprovk of an O podcast that nobody asked for. My name's David. And I am looking forward to the return of football. Yes, me too. Yataki, Mausi, Yauch. And I can't think of any other languages. But yes, uh, football is coming back when for us? Friday. Yes, wake up. <laughs> I'm so I'm very tired today. Yeah. You've only just arrived though, haven't you? Yeah. Like we, we normally do a bit of like, well, I, I want to say preparation, that's not entirely true. But yeah, we normally sit about a bit first and we've just launched straight into this. So sorry about that. So, eager beaver. Yes, yes, exactly. Because nice I am also excited as, uh, as are you. Uh, we've got seven sections uh, today. We've got uh, a little bit of a look back on mid-season. Got two, two previews for you. That's Prosty Off and Yihlava. Beer of the podcast, hot or not, uh, there's a small quiz that I've got ready for Sam, and we have a new semi-regular feature, depending on how well stroke badly it goes. Uh, so, so there anything you would like to add before we launch into the mid-season lookattery? Wouldn't use words like launch at the moment. Uh, just a quick section, this I think. Um, just a quick look back at uh, what we've been doing in mid-season. We have brought in some players, which is nice. Uh, can you name those players? At the moment, no, David. No, um, uh, n- nor could I. I had to look up both of their names. It, it's been a strange mid, like the bleak midwinter. Mm. It's been a strange one because this, for the first time in, in, in a while, I, I've been sort of distracted away from... Um, What's been happening with the with the club due to mostly a combination of work and the situation at Aberdeen being a little bit dire. And, and normally we would go to several of these uh, pre-season fixtures. We only did one this yes. year, which was the uh, the three one um, at quote unquote home to um, to Vishkov. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, and although we have tweeted about these players, and I'm looking forward to seeing them. Um, a bit more. I'm sure they will be used um, quite heavily in our in our push to uh, to go up. I cannot name them. Well, uh, Philip Blecher, the central midfielder who would, seems to s- score a decent amount of goals for central midfielder. What was he eight so far this season? I think. Yeah. Uh, so he's in. He featured a lot in the last four games of preseason, interchanging with uh, Jirka Texel. They clearly play roughly a similar role. They were doing like 45 each sort of thing. Okay, I've not seen much then um, of him. Like Obviously, I know very much of his of his record, um, which was very good at this level, of course, mm. um, at the first half of the season for Vlashim, if I, if I recall. However, I'm, I'm confident that he is a better player than Texel. Yes. <laughs> uh, the other name we got in was uh, Honza Nechas, the Which wide is, forward. is a good signing. Yes. We, we haven't seen much of him. We saw a bit of him in the game against Vishkov, but he's been there introducing him slowly, I think, probably because he hasn't really played for a bit, whereas Blecher is one he could hit the ground running. He's mm-hmm. been playing all season. So so there's that. We Also, it seems, touch wood, the Kuba Resnicek injury was not as bad as feared. He's back up and... Well, running, you know, as much as he ever does, up and lumbering, yeah. which is nice. Our last four friendlies, we won the whole lot of them by a combined score of 12 to 3. So that was nice. We did that small tour of Slovakia, taking on uh, Dukla Banska, Bistrica, Podbrezova, Petržalka, and then we finished with a game against uh, a fellow second division side Opava at Srpska the other day. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah. Like I said, all the goals. Uh, Fosek getting a lot. Fosek. Your boy Fos. Yeah, I mean, he's been looking incredibly sprightly mm. uh, during the during the winter months. Yes. So that's really good to see. Um, he, he sort of runs hot and cold a, a wee bit, Fosek. So if he can get a good bit of consistency, and, and Jan, actually Jan Hladik should also be mentioned in this as well, who's been uh, in amongst it. Yeah, it's basically the uh, four... Um, attacking midfielder stroke forward players that did so well against Usti, who have been getting all the goals in these last four games. So, uh, false pretty style, Shevchik, um, Hladik, and one penalty for Resnicek. So, yeah, lovely stuff. Um, I have very little else on there, apart from saying, well, yeah, we, we played nine friendlies, uh, one five, drew two, lost two. Mm-hmm. Solid enough. Yeah, pretty good. Um, a good run out, one would yes. say. It's the main test, of course, is going to be the uh, the league. But we've not actually been in this position um, ever. Let, let's say, or at least um, uh, you know, with regards to to modern, um, so there's Borovka and modern's Borovka in the second league, whereas we're actually going into the the second half of the season defending a sizable lead. Mm. So what's going to be very interesting is seeing if we can maintain some of the intensity that we saw um, towards the um, the end of the of the first part, especially around autumn, and also, but also, it, I think it's also quite important. And this is again very much putting the cart before the horses, perhaps, but assessing where potential weak spots will be for going presumably back up to the to the top flight of football. Now. The last time we went up, we made it quite clear, actually, on this podcast. Um, and we were at least quite vocal and say that we didn't think that the squad was good enough to compete at that level. And we were borne out in that assumption. So I think it's going to be really crucial that, presuming that we start just keeping, ticking over, getting, getting the points, I'm expecting um, clubs to lose... More points this uh, this half, especially clubs like Lee Shen, who have uh, lost a lot of their um, their big players. Um, you know, we need to start thinking about who's gonna who's gonna fit where. Yeah. Yes, uh, as you say, it's it's interesting being the hare rather than the tortoise at this uh, stage. <laughs> Normally, we have had a very disappointing start, but yeah, it's been it's been quite good. And yeah, if we not meaning to tempt fate, but if we blow it from here, then, you know. That's only, our, only ourselves to blame, yeah, really. Yeah, exactly. And this yeah. is actually why we make a big fuss uh, of always saying on this podcast, you can't really look into things about pre-season other than really a fitness level or who yeah. might look, you know, quite good for, you know, coming on as an impact sub or, you know, having good stamina for the last 90 minutes and things like that. Yeah, it's all about but, fitness and not having anyone break a leg. But a- actually, when you have, like you said, Fosek and uh, Hladik and Prihistal, you know, across the board scoring goals, despite not having, you know, um, Kubashesnicek there, mm. that's a really good sign. It is, it is. Uh, this is going to come and bite us back. Yeah, but we, we all agreed that one thing we were slightly missing was... Um, Goals from midfield and, mm-hmm. as you said, like slightly streaky players such as False not doing as much as he possibly could. So, yeah, yeah. Um, tentative signs point to happiness come Friday. Do you want to talk about Friday now? Because we, we can do a preview now. Got to get down on Friday. Precisely. Precisely.
So once you've got your bowl and your cereal, yeah. then, uh, yes, Friday early evening yes, at Sudbska. Yes, five o'clock. Yep. The return. Yes. And we are playing Prostayoff. We are. Of course. One of our bogey teams, actually. One of our bogey te- particularly away. Yeah. Um, we've. I don't think we've won in the last three in uh, in Prostayoff itself. No. We've been reasonably competent against them at home. Right. I, at least I, I, I think so. Like, because they're they're coming in the second half of the season in rude health. They are, aren't they? Yes. So having having gotten to fifth in the table, which sounds pretty pretty good, and then you factor in that that's actually two points behind uh, second, which Mm. is still Sparta B. That is that's pretty for for a club for a club that size to get the cliches out. Yeah, they're doing they're doing pretty well, and you know preseason isn't always. You know, like we just mentioned, doesn't really paint a full picture. But it was quite notable that they did have some quite good victories against Bani Kostrava, Pardubice in, in the league above. Now, I don't know how full strength those squads were, but I would still argue that a depleted Bani Kostrava side is going to be, you know, a, a comparable strength to, let's say, something that's going to be at least mid-table mm. down here. Now, the big news is that... At, it's actually in terms of losses rather than who's been acquired, perhaps. So you've got Philip Mucha going to Teplitsa, who ostensibly is a backup to Thomas Gringar mm-hmm. there. Um, reasonable keeper, Mucha. I don't think he was too bad. Um, actually, a, t- a team that's playing its way out of trouble, Teplitsa. Yes. Um, it's, yeah, a team who at that, the uh, bottom of that league is uh, still just the battle not to be Karvina. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, pretty much. They they went twelve without a win mid August to December. Uh, slightly worried about Zlin actually. Zlin look uh, shaky, and also they have just lost uh, Tomasz Poznar to the Polish league, and he was good for eight goals. He was their top scorer, and he's gone. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, Zlin looking possibly wobbly at the bottom of the top division. It's going to be. It's quite tight down the bottom in the, it is. In the first league actually. Apart um, from Carvina. Yeah, I mean, I'm tempted to say Teplitsa are fine because they were just awful um, running up to uh, running up to December, and since they returned from the the shorter uh, winter break, which is in the, in the, in the top flight, it's been three wins and a draw and no losses. Mm. So they've really played themselves up, and and actually the I, I shouldn't really start with Mucha going. I should have started with <laughs> Philip Jacques. Who's gone? And that's a huge loss because that's their um, that was their top scorer. Philip Jack works in civil service. Philip Jack, very good. It's steady employment. I'm getting I'm getting I'm getting two song references in the podcast. That's fantastic. <laughs> um, because like because Jack was a close to a one and two centre forward. It was also top scorer with eight, mm. I think, for them. Um, so it's going to be a question of filling in the gaps. I don't think that they've brought on a striker. Um, there's a couple of interesting players. So like Vitnem Rava's come in on a half season loan from Slovatsko. Um, so, and that's um, a good goalkeeper. Like that was ostensibly Slovatsko's first choice this yeah, season before last. Yeah, I remember Nemrava, yeah. And I think that he's just fallen out of favour or was injured and then didn't get a look back in. But he, he seemed pretty good. Um, but he hasn't really in the last sort of calendar year actually seemed to play any football. So that's that's maybe one thing to to point out. Um, but from a Bruno perspective, there is the six-month loan of Dominic Krzyz. Oh, he's still around, is he? Yeah, which is a bit more exciting. I, I'd forgotten that Krzyz is still technically yeah, a Victoria so Pilsen player. Yeah, Because he's, um, he's an okay player for this level, I would argue. Nothing more. Yeah, he's fine. 
Because mm-hmm. he's um, he's uh, coming off of a half year at Sered mm. uh, in the Slovak top flight where he um, had nine sub appearances and played a little over two hours. Half a year, that's not, yeah. not, mm. not fantastic. Um, so, but the, this is the problem, right? Because you have, um, you have Dominic Krzyz back and you have Jan Kodelka back right one yes. of these players will score mm-hmm. because it's the it's the curse of the, the returning of the X, player yeah. right so um like there are if we know anything about prostiot like they're a reasonably well dogged organized team mm-hmm. they're doing by their standards really quite well they are yes. so i mean anything that is sort of five fifth you know fifth to eighth is a, it represents a good season for Prostyov, with the funding they have, with the support they have, it's a small club, local club. They're a very shustery team, aren't they? They are, yeah. yeah. You, so I mean, maybe they're maybe they're a bit more expansive now that Schuster's left. Mm, I think he's yeah. still training in Slovakia. Um, but like, they're, but their organization is, is still really good. Like, so they will get they'll grind out a one nil win against mm. um, Sparta B, which you know they've already done. Um, their six of their six defeats, four of them have been away. So that does say something. Yeah. Um, well, this this just backs up our claim about our, us being unable to beat them at their place. They're, they're just yeah. very, very good at home. So. Well, yeah. actually, yeah, like they were um, far better than us, actually, mm. Uh, mm. in the away fixture. We couldn't really have had many complaints. So that's something. I've just also remembered that Robert Bartolomeu is still with oh, uh, Prostyov as well. Yes. So this is, yeah. um, we made a joke, I believe, on a podcast about two seasons ago at Prostyov being a retirement home for his Borovka players. <laughs> this seems to be bearing fruit once more. Yeah, still true. Yeah. But uh, what I mean, what are you looking to, after, you know, this, you know, months without, you know, any real sort of football, what are you looking to see from this, uh, from this match on Friday? I would like a, uh, comfortable, like a comfortable 2-0-er. I think I can I can see happening. That seems fine. I would also just you know I'd I'd like to see at least one of the new players. I'd like to see Blecher probably at least for a bit, mm-hmm. and yeah, just a good solid performance to carry on from where we've been in the last uh, four friendlies, and also just to be at a football stadium watching football mm-hmm. will be lovely. So yeah, you yeah I'm keen to, well keen to see the turnout as mm. well. See how. Um, you know, returning after a successful first half of the season to see if that affects anything to do with with turnout. Um, I I think if we can keep this as straightforward as possible with no tricks, yeah, and that would represent um, yeah. some good progress. I'm not expecting us to, although we do, we often do, just sort of absolutely go straight out of the traps for the first month back, and then just start scudding teams. Yeah, that's not really needed at this point. We're not working up anything in terms of goal difference. Yeah. We're not playing catch up to a Budjovica, um type team. Yeah, like I think we don't need that head of steam, as it were. We're just yeah. yeah. So it has to be a sort of a long game sort of thing. There has to be good squad rotation, especially as uh, Szczesniczek is out. That will be still with any of those sorts of injuries as well. It takes some time to reintegrate back into the squad into regular training. Not even talking about regular game time. Mm. So having the goals from other places is certainly positive. I would take 2-0 immediately and just yeah. be, you know, one each side of the half and then let, you know, that, yeah. that to happen. But the um, I, I want to see how resolute our defence is because our defence perhaps is still one of our weakest um, our weakest um, parts of the of the squad 
as as much as you know players like Endel have been very good and actually to give him his due like Hlavica was also yeah. um I thought pretty solid um you know especially in, in around the autumn time uh and we I'd say fair to say not really convinced by him when he um when he came here so it's good that he's sort of grown into that sort of yeah, role. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I'll be looking out for that, and if we can keep a clean sheet, I think that'll be um, that'll be yeah. something definitely to look out for. I would rather see us keep a clean sheet in a two-two nil than us, you know, going up five-three or six-two or whatever. Sure, yeah. I think that's a uh, yeah. you know, let's try and just be unremarkable and see ourselves through the, <laughs> yes. the first few weeks, and yeah. then maybe when we're pretty much out of sight and other teams drop points we can start you know sort of having a bit of fun with it yeah right uh we'll have a quick break and then i am uh going to tell you some remarkable things that i've discovered remember after his first goal, a very dramatic goal that sealed that 3-2 win a few months ago, um, Otto Holtek, Aztec god Otto Holtek, uh, was the name on everyone's lips. Because that was a, it was a, a really nice goal, a 93rd minute winner, mm-hmm. excellent stuff. I've actually been looking into the cult of Aztec god Otto Holtek and I've discovered he has some remarkable powers. This has been a lot of digging has gone into this, but it appears the cult of Otto Holtek goes all the way back to the 15th century. And uh, yeah, remarkable things have been happening. It turns out, actually, that um, almost every two weeks he reveals even more of his mystical Aztec god powers. I discovered um, that uh, he can arrive at any public transport stop exactly 10 seconds before the vehicle he needs gets there. Doesn't need EDOS, doesn't need to check out nothing. That's an incredible power. It'd be quite useful, wouldn't it? I'd like that power. It's quite good. Um, What's going his, on? His 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 citrus fruits never ever rot. That's another thing that the Aztec gods have you know given him, which is which is nice. This and is, this has taken a remarkable turn. Yeah, and if he feels like it, to make himself clearer, he can subtitle himself. Just in the air, underneath. So these are these are three powers that the Aztec god Otacaholtec has. So that's remarkable, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I. <laughs> yeah. So it's, uh, it's certainly opened my eyes. Yeah. So it's it's useful to have him on the team, and I'm sure that I will find out uh, much more about him the more research I do. It's good, good, good music, though. I like I like the. Did that actually? Was did that you like, like that? I did. Was yeah. Good? yeah. It was very much like how I would. It, it, it touched the Crash Bandicoots about it. I felt. <laughs> well, that can only be a good thing. 
So uh, yeah, that's us learning about um, Otto Holtek and certainly we'll be learning more about him as the season progresses. the podcast good nice intro like it uh so today's beer of the podcast is looks stouty or portery it is it is a stout it is from the proud brewery which we have had before a couple of years ago i think we had either their their uh IPA or their APA a few years ago, uh, before. This is their stout, and it's called... Pleasingly, it's called Cotel. Okay, good. Which is, but spelt with a C rather than a K. Uh-huh. But it's a 14 degree so 5.2%. And yes, it looks very, very dark and malty and so forth. So, it's a really nice bottle, really nice label. It's almost like a wine bottle, it looks like, and it says Irish Dry Stout on the label. Getting coffee. I'm getting a bit of coffee. Mm. Ooh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, coffee and the sort of... Yeah, sort of molasses-y sweetness of things. Chocolate nibs. (laughs) Chocolate nibs. Yeah. Yeah, this is a... Smells nice, actually, yeah. Anyway, let's let's have a go on this. See what you think. You go first and uh, give me your opinion thereof. Yeah, that's a winner, David. That's a winner. Hmm. Yeah. It's It's got a really nice, like, bitter ending to it's, it, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's very, very bitter on the finish, actually. Yeah. Um, which is good. Not actually... Um, as some Ooh, stouts, it gets really chocolatey later on, doesn't it? As, as some, really nice. As some stouts want to be not overly sweet as well. It's not like mm. cloying sort of... What were they called back in the day? You used to have those um, sachets of like hot chocolate and they had different flavours of them and stuff. They were called something like moments or sensations or something like that. I don't know. A lot of stu- that sounds stouts right. are like, that sounds, a bit like that. That sounds like it was a good. thing, yeah. Yeah, very easy to start with and then... Yeah, you get real like dark chocolate, mm. slightly slightly spiky finish. It's really really nice. Yeah, lovely. That's good. You could get into that as well. You could get really into that, and then I think the bitterness would go, and then you'd end up having four, and That's, then this is mistakes will be made. This is on Rolik, and it's for the 0.7. It's about ninety crowns. That's not or something, which is very good indeed. For, so. Uh, Stout. Yeah, so if you're in this country and you have access to Rolik and like doing <laughs> if you're your, in the area, yes, uh, yeah, that's that's that it was very yeah, good. Pleased with that. No, I'm uh, I'm I'm very very satisfied with your, with your yeah. choice for this uh, this podcast. Yeah. Uh, while we continue to drink this, would you like a quiz? I've prepared for you a quiz. Sure. 
Okay, let's do that. Right, quiz time. It's a quiz for you here, Sam. Five questions on... It's Czech football club crests, but general knowledge about them, not necessarily about what they look like. Right. But things surrounding them. Ugh. You'll see what I mean when we get going. Okay. Okay? This, is, this, this sounds quite fascinating, actually. It, the idea was fascinating. Then I, I ran out of questions. Uh-huh. So there are two that I'm quite pleased with. The rest were a bit barrel scrapey. Off the, off the, on, on the fly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So question one. Uh, Sparta Prague mm-hmm. changed their badge to one with a black background. Yes, they did. That kept the three blocks of colour underneath the S. Yes. What are those three colours? It's um, uh, yellow, blue and red. Very good. Yes, that was a nice easy opener to start there. Uh, yellow, blue and red is correct. Question two. Why do Bohemians have a kangaroo on their badge? As wide an explanation as possible, please. Okay, right. I might get the year wrong here, David, but um, I want to say 1909. You have got um, the year wrong, yeah. Okay, is it, is it just 1913? Is it actually just when No. The, uh, okay, no. right, okay. Well, it's 19-oh-something. It's, it's uh, 1927. Okay, right, so I'm wrong. <laughs> okay, so, you know, just a couple of decades out there. Basically, the uh, team went um, on a tour of Australia, That's as far correct, as I'm yeah. aware. They played a couple of matches, and they were quite taken in by the Australian people. And I believe they were gifted a kangaroo, as, as you're wont to do at that time. You did things like gift people kangaroos and stuff like that. Two kangaroos, in fact. And both of which were taken back and put in the Prague Zoo. That's right, yes. So I believe that's where the... Uh, that's all I can tell you on the origin. That's good. Uh, do you remember what they were called before they changed their name to Bohemians? I do not. They were just AFK Vrshovica. That would make sense. But as a... One of the terms of the agreement, because uh, Aus- the like Australian Sporting Federation asked a bunch of European teams to do an Australian tour. All of them said no, mm-hmm. apart from AFK Vrshovica, who, to make it easier for the Aussies to pronounce and to give them a bit of geographical um, sense, they changed their name to Bohemians. That makes sense now. Yeah. So, yes, um, partial credit. No, no, actually, yeah, full credit, I would say. No detail. You can get a bonus point right. if you can tell me on the badge which direction does the kangaroo face. Is he looking left or right? Oh, that's a good one. That's a really good one. I think he is looking left. And you'd be absolutely right. Oh, he is oh, looking okay. left, yes. Well when done. you usually wind up by you'd be absolutely it's usually yeah. wrong. So that's good. All right. Question three. What is the name of the mountain featured on Slovan Liberec's badge? Uh, yes, Dad. Very good. It's the mountain and what other uh, feature? It's the mountain and it, it's it's a the, the big pointy thing. It's like a it's like a statue. No, it's not a statue or a sculpture. I think no. it's actually a weather station. It's a something. TV tower. Actually. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. So the 
the uh, mountain goes across the badge and then on the top there's the uh, very famous sort of 1960s TV mm-hmm. transmitter thing that sits on top of Yeshjed. Very good. Well I quite done. like to go up. It's just a while away to get to, to Livrets. It is. It might be one of those things where if we go up there, if we go up next season, it might be worth spending a bit of time in the surrounding countryside because it's it's very pretty it would so. be a sort of do it on the morning if you stayed the night sort yeah. of thing i think because yeah. it's apparently it's not too arduous to get up no no it's not um it's i can't remember if it's like the sort of f- fifth or sixth highest mountain i don't know but even that is not massively yeah 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 um i've walked up um, the highest mountain in this country, mm-hmm. in the middle of winter, in the mm-hmm. deep snow, <laughs> in uh, jeans and Converse. So, <laughs> if I manage that, I reckon I could take Yesjed in like the spring. Yeah, would, I think you'd would, be okay. Would probably be fine. Uh, all right, question number four: How many colours feature on the badge of Victoria Pulzane? That's a really good question. Um, because it is a weird one. It's yeah. a very asymmetric badge. I think there's five. Right. Do you want to name those colours? Okay, blue definitely. Yes. Red. Mm-hmm. White. Mm-hmm. Black. Mm-hmm. Yellow. Yes. Are there are there any more? There's one more. I think I'm going to be wrong, but I'm just going to go with it. Go no, on. or am I? My, my my first reaction was, was that if there's another one, it'll be green, but I think I'm wrong. I'll go with green. Correct. Oh, okay. Yes, six colours. Um, blue, red, white, black, yellow, and green. It's that weird bit in the bottom right where the, the ball kind of goes swoopily. Aha. Uh-huh. And it, there's a weird overlap with blue, with yellow and green in the bottom right corner, it's, which sort of, it, yeah. it's a weird badge. It's a very strange badge, isn't it? Is, it is, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, and question five. What does the central element of Zbrovka Bono's badge represent? Um, well, it would represent Zbrojovka, the arms manufacturer, right? Right. But why is it that specific shape and, um... Well, I mean, it was the logo of it, right? It was the logo of Zbrojovka. Yes, but why is that the logo is is more my question. Why is that the logo? Yes. It represents something very specific. I'm gonna bow out with my four out of five and let you uh, let you take the wheel here. Okay, it is the rifling inside of a gun barrel because bullets need to spin to go in a straight line. Yeah. So yeah, so the lines around the it's an, an outer circle, an inner circle, and there are curved lines between the two, which is the rifling inside of a gun barrel. Genuinely upset that I didn't get all five now. Well, but, there you go. And yeah, yeah, the the only one you've fallen on is our club. So it, alas, it, it feels it feels like yeah. that, that. This is like half a fan today, isn't it? I, I don't know who we signed. Um, <laughs> I don't know where the badge comes from. Ah, never mind. Um, I've got bonus true or false question. False. No, it's true. Oh, I okay. have. Right, yeah. I have. Um, right, true or false? The horse on the part of it's a badge has a rider on its back. Don't think it does. I'm going to say false. Correct. Yeah, it is go. false. Yeah. Just a, a mighty bucking head. <laughs> bucking head. The, the, the bu- <laughs> now, that's the, that, that's a pub somewhere in like Little Spliffington or whatever, yeah. isn't it? The, the bucking head. 
Yeah. Matter, yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. If I if I open up a pub to follow up on the Moss and Flannel, which is my original pub name, the Bucking Head is definitely. Yeah. The Bucking Head. I mean, sister pub. So com- in, in in the village of Upton Dupton. Upton Dupton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, little oh, little wombling. Little wombling. <laughs> That's quite a good question. Yeah. Oh, oh! Look here! Come here! Comes the fire department. Hugh, Hugh, Barney McGrew. It's Pew. Yeah. It's Pew. Pew, Barney McGrew. I mean, I don't. I'm not English. <laughs> <laughs> that that much is clear. Anyway, uh, was that Trumpton or Camberwick Green? That was Trumpton. Pew, Pew, Barney McGrew, Cuthbert, Dibble and Grub. Yeah, it's um, under you're... the under the command of uh, Captain Snort. Captain Snort. <laughs> yes, was the head of the fire department in Trumpton. <laughs> very, very good. Was it Captain Snort? I'll look it up. Anyway, you, um, you forgot you're ancient, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not as old as Trumpton. I didn't see Trumpton. That was that was before my time. Just uh, right. Up next, hot or not? Oh, it's hot. Well, maybe it's not. And everybody that's on the pod. They're producing some hot or nots. It's hot. Maybe it's not. Not no. Um. Right, people are gonna hate me for this, but a lot of the songs from that era sound the same. Yes. So. Um. I. I was trying to go like, is it tutti frutti or is it like, goodness gracious, great balls of fire. Um, I think it's everybody neither. that's on the pod. Oh, it's Jailhouse Rock. It is Jailhouse Rock, okay. and I think I'm going to use the Blues Brothers version rather than the Elvis Presley version. There's a Blues Brothers version. Yes, it was the, um, it was the song that played over the final credits because, uh, um, spoiler alert, if you've never seen a film from 1981, uh, they uh, they uh, finish up back in jail, and uh, oh, did they start in jail? Uh, Elwood starts in jail, yes. Mm-hmm. Or, no, no, Jake starts in jail, sorry. Elwood comes to pick him up. But um, the reason that version is so good and the reason the entire Blues Brothers soundtrack is so good, there's a double CD set of an actual live performance they did, is the backing band in the Blues Brothers is basically the Stax house band. Mm-hmm. So some of them were in Booker T and the MGs and, they, and the rest were like Stax session musicians. So they're... Fucking incredible. So I'm going to play that as the outro music, I think. So, stuff. Yeah. So, hot or not, I've got uh, two hots and a not, but one of my hots is very, 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 very okay. short. All right, I've got one each. Okay. Uh, I'll do my very, very quick hot, just because I saw it on Twitter today. Possibly my favourite insult of all time. It's nothing to do with football, but somebody called Nigel Farage a bollock-faced foghorn of ignorance. <laughs> Which I think is possibly one of the greatest insults of all that's, time. That's I think that's wonderful. That is very good. Yeah, that's certainly, <laughs> that's, certainly. That's a that's my very quick hot. Um, uh, pick one of yours then. Okay, I'll go for a hot, which is Dundee FC highlight videos. Okay. So um, I I sometimes forget that, um, or at least it seems to me that Dundee football club supporters are just permanently seething. <laughs> permanently okay. enraged and a lot of this is very much to do with their team just being awful this season and I 
would say there's a very strong chance of them going down. But also, I forget that when Dundee are at home and having less fans there because Dundee are shite right now, that the microphone picks up a lot of stuff. Right. This is, I mean, I'm I'm not even talking, you know, like hashed together. So this is the official SPFL highlight videos from um, this Saturday, which ended up Dundee nil Livingston four. There's a lot of St. Mirren-esque booing. Um, Particularly some people will just go up and just say, like that which is great um, as demonstrated at 1 minute 18 in the video where someone just says boo this is rubbish um, which is good um, <laughs> after every single goal in the first half and there were three of them um, there's this Dundonian child who is um, you know basically inaudible or intelligible I mean like most Dundee children but in, in this case so once so once a goal goes in like 50 people go boo and then this kid just goes <laughs> like that um, every single time it's fantastic um, and, and, then, and then just at the end like quite audibly I, I, I listened to it four or five times just to make sure I was hearing what I thought it was which is someone just going Dundee you are fucking shit <laughs> so yeah, I was fair, quite pleased fair, about yeah. that um, God they're terrible they just look so bad this season mm. and getting in a manager who is serving a six game touchline ban and you know has not got very high stock in Scottish football seemed to me rather strange who is their manager Mark McGee oh that guy <laughs> yeah. Mark I, I had a I had a weird sense you were gonna say Mark McGee but yeah that's Mark McGee yes I mean as a player like an Aberdeen legend but just the like one of the worst managers I've ever seen us on like the, uh, the, the one manager that's made me visibly just angry at right. him. like when we went and we, we went to, to Celtic Park and we lost 9-0 um, which is you know still a recent memory um, oh this quote yeah where he goes in and his, and his basically his opening gambit is well you know at the end of the day it's three points like fuck off <laughs> absolutely fuck off so like Mutley is not a good manager um I worry. I say I worry for Dundee. I don't, you don't care, care if they no. get relegated. But I mean, I will say that Dundee away is a far superior day out to Dundee United away. Mostly because their fans are perma-seething idiots. Right. Anyway, okay. if, you, if you come from Dundee, tough. <laughs> David. <laughs> if, you, if you come from Dundee, I feel for you, basically. Yeah. Um, I feel bad for your son. I've got 99 <laughs> problems, but employment in the jute trade ain't one. Um <laughs> Sounded a bit like Motley myself there. Sorry about that. It was a, a yeah, a wheezing laugh. Um, I've got a knot, and we discussed this very briefly with Ben in the pub yesterday. And it's Birmingham City rebranding to Small Heath Alliance oh, for yes. one game, yes, because a drama show that should have, I want to say, peaked some years ago. <laughs> I've I'd, never seen it. I watched the first five or six episodes and lost patience with it. Mm-hmm. This is uh, Peaky Blinders, if you don't know. To be fair, Birmingham City were originally called Small Heath Alliance, but that is no excuse. And also, how does how does the Football League allow this? It seems odd that you can just... I mean, obviously, it's not a like a proper name change, but I assume maybe they had it on school. It just it feels odd, and it feels very... Diddy Club, it does. To your, it? to like for your frankly fairly big club that is tanking right now. Yeah, 
to get this tiny bit of pointless glory. And, like, why have... You know, I think there was a reason no other Midlands teams decided to do this, and the fact that it's, you know, it's also filmed in Liverpool and Derby and not Birmingham. It's a bit it's, cringeworthy. Isn't it, it is, yeah. It's just, oh, for, yeah. No, I no, I'm not having it. Not really into that pattern. No, frankly, no, no, what have it. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, you know, you know, Birmingham City generally are a pretty big knot. Yeah, so, yeah. For, for you, for sure. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's uh, me. Do you have uh, some, uh, one other? Yeah, I've got a knot. Yep. Scotland. <laughs> just um, just in, in, in life in general? The or? Scotland national football team. Right. So um, we're going to be the bad guys. We're going to be the bad guys in a couple of weeks where we um, play Ukraine in the um, World Cup playoff. Right. We are going to have every single person... Um, cheering for Ukraine mm-hmm. and when we scud them we're going to be seen as you know like we're next in line at the Kremlin right <laughs> not having it <clears throat> yeah um, as much as this is jokey thing what what is happening in, in, in Ukraine is legitimately one of the worst things that I've, I've seen in a long time and yeah. it's an absolute disgrace that the, the international community isn't actually offering more uh, more support than it is but still I don't think that we can offer the support of rolling over to them where Scotland are uniquely in a position where we might qualify for a World Cup for once. Yeah, that's that, that really, that, yeah. The anti-imperialist line. Yeah, I was going to say, rock, hard place, Scotland. Dear me. That's, yeah, that's rough. Good. The, not, as, not as rough as it is for everyone in Ukraine, but still. The NATO membership derby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Massive uh, shout out to our mate Ben, by the way, for going with his partner Yulia all the way to Koshitsa on an overnight train to uh, pick up her family members and then come all the way back in basically what was a 24-hour overnight dash. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, well done. Well done, sir. Anyway, that's the last of that for this episode because I'm going to finish off with this one hot, which I'm overjoyed to have found, and you're going to really enjoy it, I think. Good. Um... My hot is Dr. Gert Diga Vientitres. It will mean nothing to you right now. Once but more in, with feeling. Dr. Gert Diga Vientitres. Right, now, <laughs> let me tell you a, a short story. In the year 2000, do you remember Raul Tamudo? No. Okay, he is an Espanol legend. As a centre forward, four hundred odd appearances over thirteen years for Espanyol. Okay. Right. In two thousand, a twenty-year-old Raúl Tamudo very nearly signed for Rangers after he'd been ripping it up at the Olympics the previous year. Uh, the club doctor recommended that he not be signed due to what he thought was a knee problem. So Raúl Tamudo stayed at Espanyol, become becomes an absolute club legend, and. What I've discovered just recently is Espanyol's official ultras club are named after the doctor who told Rangers not to sign Raul Tamudo. Dr. Gert Jan Goldsvard, if my Dutch is as good as I think it is. How did you find this? <laughs> I can't remember where I found this, but that was I was I was very pleased with that. That's sensational. Yeah. So yeah, uh uh uh, Dr. Gert Diga Vientitres is, yeah, the name of the doctor and the uh, number that Tamudo played in, and that's the name of their 
Ultras fan club. That's, that's, um, that's, uh, <laughs> you're right, I do like that. Yeah. That's very good. Yeah, I thought you would. Um, right, in a couple of weeks, we've got an away game. How exciting. And it's one of the best away games as well. It's Yehlava. Should we talk about that? Yes. Yehlava, eh? Yes. Friday the 11th, eh? Is it also a Friday as well? At half past three in the afternoon scheduled, eh? Is it really? It's scheduled at half past oh three in the dear. fucking afternoon. Well, that's rubbish. I am fully expecting this to change. However, uh, it is scheduled for that point. I would rather not have to take a full day off. Um, yeah. I, no, actually, I probably would have anyway. So we're, we're okay. Yeah. Um, it's only a day, in it? Well, I'll have to see because then the week after, then I'm, go- I'm taking like eight days off. Mm. I'm going back to Scotland. It's only a day, in it? Anyway... Mm. It's only a day, so put up a real good fight. Um, <laughs> last few years you have, have been shite. Did you ever watch Big Break with disgraced racist comedian Jim Davidson? I never did. I was aware that it was on, but I know. I, I can honestly say I've never, ever sat through an entire episode of Big Break. I know the theme tune, and I know that it had... That lad in it, and also John Virgo. John Virgo, of course. Yes. He did the trick shot. Trick shot! Duh! And it had, it had other it had other you know people on it as well, you know, like pros. And Do you remember when English Saturday night or British Saturday night TV was basically pub games? So big break, bullseye. That's mm. that's it. The generation game. Can you remember stuff going on a revolving thing? I mean, <laughs> just gen- just throughout the throughout this it. Is- this is turning to, do you remember? Do you remember? You remember Bullseye, do you? <laughs> when you're at the checkout and you hear the beep, join us next time on, on Supermarket, Supermarket Sweet. Oh, for God's sake. Yeah, that's daytime stuff. Let's get back to you, Father, can we? Dale Winton, wasn't this it? Is, this, is, this is, you know, bringing up my PTSD. Now, he sounds like he sounds like a really crap Brazilian player, doesn't he? Dale Winton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Joe Linton. <laughs> Joe Linton and Dale Winton. Good. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Youth Lava. I mean, thinking about Youth Lava. Yes. Right. Um, it's quite interesting. Because Youth Lava at the end of 20, or, or sorry, halfway through 2018, I suppose, the end of the 17-18 season, very similar to that of Zbrojovka. So we mm. went down, they went down. I mean, they were, I think, six points better than us. But both went down. Both then uh, had... I would say reasonably successful attempts at getting back up, both being in the playoffs, us third, them second, both getting, um, you know, sort of pretty much cheated out of a, a spot in the top flight. Um, for all we've talked about the, um, you know, the disgrace that happened in Prebram, there was also very dodgy refereeing there decisions was. against Carvina, who they were yeah. playing. And then basically since then, the similarities have stopped. Um, again, started brightly the season after, and had a comfortable, I think, six, seven points um, on us in, yeah. uh, from second and third place. And what can only be as, as one of the biggest collapses I've actually seen of a club, you know, in the same league that I, you know, that I yeah. had a team in. It was really quite something. And they, I think they finished something like seventh in the end. Yeah, in, they absolutely, yeah, absolutely plummeted, didn't they? Yeah. And then, and then the, the, uh, 
uh, incredible shedding of players that happened. I mean, got rid absolutely of, hemorrhaging players. Got rid of, so, yeah. got rid of every everything, uh, everything, everyone. And then while we were obviously not having the greatest of times in um, during the uh, the top flights COVID season, which was you know mercifully deprived us of having to actually go and watch them. <laughs> um, Yihlava were for quite a good part of that season flirting with relegation, yeah. which is is. For a club that has been a mainstay at the top of the second tier and the, you know, quite long forays into the, yeah. the top flight was really quite something. And, um, yeah, the, the really it's not been very impressive for them at all. Um, so last season, we were still up. The, you remember the two teams met in the cup, I think, in the mm-hmm. second round. And that was really one where I think Sporovka made hard work of it. Huffed and puffed. Yeah. Yihlava looked actually quite good. We got incredibly lucky to score very late. I think it was like 85th minute or so in a 1-0 victory. Yeah, on a on a very dusty rough pitch where it was just it was a horrible game of football. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't good at all. And actually quite different was when we actually met in August, um started the new season this year where I I, I felt we were comfortable. 4-0 victors. Oh, yeah. And I thought that was that that was the um and actually that funnily you know came off a very bruising 2-0 away defeat to Prostyov. Yeah. So um Yihlava at the moment are just like the definition of an average team. Mm-hmm. So 10th, five wins, five losses, <laughs> good, five draws. Um now they're um the big the big like departure, I guess, from them, the one that was getting a couple of them, the um the newspaper headlines was um, Karol Poyezny, who's a, uh, a proper, pleasingly, pleasingly in Czech as well, a stopper. Right, yes. Um, was was bought by Bani Kostrava, I, I think for something in the region of, uh, I think I think the move value was something, or the sale was about 200,000 euros, mm. whatever that is in, in, in crimes these days. I was um, immediately, he's been farmed out to Pardubica for the end of yeah. the season. So, But obviously I would like to focus on Tijani Belaid, Right. Um, which is an insane signing for them. Uh-huh. Jenny Belade, Inter Milan, two titles with Slavia, season at Hull City, season at Union Berlin, several seasons at um, Club Afrikan. And has somehow found his way. 20 caps for Tunisia. Incredible. I have no idea how this happened. I've no I I've just just no idea how this has happened. He's 34. So but I mean still, the twilight of, yeah, of one's still, career. That's incredible. But I mean, yeah, it started out at Inter, I should say. Like so he, yeah. he, he, I think he played like five times and then and then had a I, I think did he I think he had a loan spell like PSV Eindhoven like that. Wow. Like he was really really solid at Slavia. Like and he, you know, a sort of pacey attacking midfielder. You pleasingly you can watch some proper supercut videos of him on um YouTube, ostensibly by Tunisian YouTubers mm-hmm. who have got the you know all the all the angles and all the goals to that awful you know sort of sort of music. So like it, it feels it, like it feels big time. It feels yeah. marquee, and for for this league, which let's be real is often shite to, to have somebody like that I think that's kind of kind of fun 
obviously he's done this because he has the, that that background of of playing in Czech football before, and I think it's just wanting one last. And jolly. also, he loves biathlon. <laughs> Absolutely loves the cross country skiing and the shooting. Absolutely <laughs> mad for it. I thought you meant the shop. <laughs> no. <laughs> no biathlon. No. Um, but um, I mean, yeah, the he, Aust- like, he likes he he likes lower end of the market bicycles. Yeah. That's also a thing. I mean, they also got a couple of quite good defenders, I believe. But to be honest, I didn't even look that much into no. that because I was like, that is like that's a site. Like if you know, if we sign somebody like that, even yeah, I, I would sort of put to the side the fact that he's probably crocked and probably slow and probably going to you know give you two assists. Yeah, and then an, go there, there. Um, um, uh, Tunisian fan club membership is going to go through the roof, mm-hmm. absolutely through the roof, getting those sweet, sweet North African likes on their social medias. Yeah. So I mean, like, actually, feels box office. I'm, I'm for it. Uh, hopefully, we they, they move this game to a couple of hours later. That would be ideal because obviously, who wants to half past three on a Friday? It's going to be a very poor turnout for obvious reasons. But really, like for me, Yihlav is one of the best away days it is. in, fun, in, in Czech football. Because, I mean, for us, it's close. You can get back on the day. There's an array of really quite, you know, decent pubs in Yihlava. People are nice. The stadium is a bit of character to it. Best mascot, of course. Yeah, yeah. And also, I like the fact that there's no... Like, even though it's sort of a derby, they're about an hour apart. It's not really a derby. Like, nobody... And But that's it. Like, it's... It's close enough to be easy to get to, but it's not so much of a derby that there's any beef. Like it's fun, but neither set of fans really cares about the other. It's oh, it's, it's not it's fine. Yeah. Like it's yeah, it's nice. It's fun. The turnout of Swarovka fans is normally good because it's relatively close. But yeah, nice little ground. You walk through that little bit of park. To get there, it's, yeah, and it's nice. yeah, and it, it, it's it's you know eminently within walking distance of all the public transport to to get back to Brno as well. It's over the road from the bus station, so yeah. it's perfect. So yeah. yeah, very good. Looking forward to that match. Mm. And really, I, I think you know to just sort of end this on a positive note. Isn't it great that we're going to have football back, and then actually we're in this position where we're not you know worried per se. I was sort of looking forward to seeing just how the team can perform. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Here, here. Anyway, that's... 20 caps for Tunisia. <laughs> Fuck. Anyway, that's it, I think, for this episode of Rovcast, unless you've got anything to add. No? I'm, I'm still... I'm just, you're still... You're taken you're, by that sign. You're reeling, aren't you? I just, I just yeah. think... Banter levels, you know? Like, it's just that sort of like... Just even if you don't think he's going to be any good... You just get him in a free and just like, hey, like awesome. Like very into, very into it. Yeah. Uh, Right. Yes. Uh, So that's it for this episode. Three goals as well for Tunisia in those 20 Well, there you go. Oh, sorry. You're trying to to finish the show. Well, the show. You you can, you know, carry on by yourself if you want. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Patreon is broadcast extra. (laughs) Uh, yeah, uh, follow us on all the socials. We're at Sbrovcast. As always, um, let us know what you think. And um, yes, football is back and we will be reporting on it again in a couple of weeks' time. So until then, uh, we'll see you when we see you, listener. Thank you very much. That's us out. Bye.
Lord. 